Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This review does contain spoilers. I was a really big fan of Game of Thrones for a long time. It was daring and new, it pushed the boundaries of television in many ways, and in a manner of speaking was this generation's The Sopranos. I kind of started to lose interest due to the last few seasons though, as I mentioned in my review of season 7. The final season, the season where it all ends, was supposed to be one of the most monumental achievements of the medium, the epic conclusion to this top tier series. But unfortunately, when season 8 came out, it did so to scathing reactions from audiences and fans. It was what the kids today call an epic fail. It was apparently so bad that there were genuine campaigns to have season 8 reshot and redone. Game of Thrones had finished, but instead of majestically flying over the finishing line, wings spread proudly, it had stumbled over itself, catapulted to the ground and exploded in a heap of rubble and ash. Seven terrific seasons and one utterly terrible one. Heck, the finale has a rating of around 4 out of 10 on IMDb. Despite my interest having wavered, I really wanted to watch the last season, if anything for just how bad it was. But the thing is, unlike many people, I already had become disappointed in Game of Thrones long since before season 8, and what I came to find was that many of the things that people were furious about in the final season, things like characters teleporting all over the place, dialogue having shifted from pseudo-Victorian prose to modern day jargon, people acting out of character for the sake of moving the plot forward, increase in shock factor, and just being plain boring at times and losing the subtlety and nuance that made earlier seasons great, I found all of these things present in season 7, season 6, and I think season 5 if I remember correctly. There was a noticeable dip in the show's quality when the writers caught up with the books and no longer had them to piggyback off of, and now instead had to utilise their own talents to maintain the level of sophistication and wit that Game of Thrones had. After all, the swords and dragons and all that, the fight scenes and brawls, we've seen all this before in movies and stuff. What made Game of Thrones really great and interesting was the Lion in Winter-esque characterization and motivations of all these great characters and how they scheme and made allegiances and all that kind of stuff. And all that came from the books, mostly. So what I'm trying to say is, 
is that people hated this season for elements I already was disappointed in Game of Thrones for, at least the last couple of seasons. And because of this, I went in with very low expectations regardless of the reception of the season because I didn't feel it would be great. In fact, I anticipated an Emperor's New Clothes style of revelation where the writers would be found out because I had been scratching my head at why exactly does season 7 have episodes rated 9 out of 10 when they are so dire and so far below the quality of, say, season 1. And I do have to say that after watching the final season, a lot of the hate is overblown. It's nowhere near as bad as people are making out. It does have problems, a lot of problems, but like I said, these problems were already present in the last few seasons, and it was just a case of them being more apparent here because the season was only six episodes long. Granted, most of the episodes were uncharacteristically long at almost one and a half hours. I mean, you have movies that are that long, so it's not really an excuse for the season to be rushed, but that is a phrase that comes to mind with season eight, a bit like the final season of Boardwalk Empire, which I recently watched rushed. HBO apparently wanted the show to go on for 10 seasons. The guy who wrote the book said it would need 12 to finish properly, but the two Ds who write the series were happy with two more seasons, this decision having been made before season 7. Some say their heads were turned and they lost interest after signing on to work on new Star Wars projects, and that might be true, who knows. But it resulted in a climax that felt like every character was rushing to their end, and many issues that people have with decisions characters made would have made more sense if they took place over a longer period of time. The apparent teleportation abilities characters seem to have is actually quite hilarious at times, and combining it with gaps of logic the show showcases makes for some fine comedy viewing. There was one part, for example, in one episode, where characters are in Winterfell or somewhere, somewhere far from the Iron Throne, and they get intercepted in the sea by the enemy from King's Landing while they're travelling there. And after a battle, they get washed ashore and the enemies travel back to King's Landing, report to their queen. The guys on the other side regroup, head back home, travel back to King's Landing for discussions with their enemies over ransoms. And it just feels like everyone is going all over the place at once, and not only does this all happen in one episode, it happens in the space of minutes. And once upon a time, it took three episodes to get from Winterfell to King's Landing. But like I said, these problems have been plaguing Game of Thrones for around three seasons now. It's just that the issues are more apparent. Oh, and speaking of gaps of logic, I mean, I am not an expert on the law of the universe, but there's many things that happen that I thought to myself, should that be possible? Like one of the dragons, who are supposed to have skin almost impenetrable, is shot down with ease by a ballista, which, by the way, was mounted on a ship, on an armada of ships, right in front of the dragon, and yet he couldn't see it. Just one of the many instances where it seems the writers just didn't care and got sloppy. It reminded me quite a lot, now that I mention it, of the rushed final season of Boardwalk Empire. There's quite a few similarities, with Chalky White's sudden passiveness and falling head over heels over a woman, in contrast to his earlier fierceness and leadership abilities, comparable to what happens to Jon Snow. But like Boardwalk Empire, in spite of screen time being crucial and equal to gold dust at this point, Game of Thrones spends a lot of time on completely useless things 
the first two episodes really simply being filler episodes where not a lot is achieved. In episode 3, the White Walkers finally arrive at Winterfell, Winterfell now having two dragons and several combined armies on their side, and the entire episode is essentially a showcase of a massive battle. I heard there were complaints about the lighting of this battle, but I didn't have a problem, and in fact, I thought the Long Night, as it has been called, was excellent. It was truly a stunning spectacle and had quite a terrific vibe about it, capturing the hopelessness of resisting the relentless horde and the powerful White Walker masters. Some of the shots they pulled off, it was really exhilarating. I had a few problems with it, none of which were relating to the visuals, which I think we can all agree on were on point this season, but again the issues come down to the writing. The Dothraki charging forward to an enemy in pitch black land, primary characters being surrounded and succumbing to attacks of the undead, only via their plot armour to be perfectly fine the next time we see them. But the biggest issue is how the battle ends, in that the Night King, the biggest, baddest motherfucker of the entire series, the dude who everyone has been telling their kids bedtime stories about, the ever-present, underlying threat of the show from the first episode, is killed by Arya in a cheap shot which not only takes him out but takes out all the White Walkers and the undead just like that, Phantom Menace style. And that's it. That's the end of the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. All with a quick stab from Arya. These big bad boys, all that hype that surrounded them, all gone in the space of a second. And the season just quickly moves on to the characters' beef with Cersei. Who were the White Walkers? What was their end goals? Why did they want to dominate? Who the fuck is? Answer D&D. And then the characters have a bit of back and forth regarding attacking Kin's Landing. Daenerys doesn't seem too concerned with killing innocents to take the keep, much to the dismay of Tyrion, who seems to have grown a conscience and suddenly has started caring about the people of King's Landing, because the plot demands there has to be counterbalance to Daenerys' ideas. Characters who question her decisions are quickly dispatched of, like fan-favourite Varys, who hasn't had much to do these past few seasons anyway. And Jon Snow? What the heck happened to Jon Snow? All of a sudden, after a quick romance with Daenerys, it's like he's been put under a spell by her. She is my queen, as he keeps screeching to anyone who listens, ignoring all the horrendous intentions and decisions she makes. He becomes such a sissy out of nowhere, this guy who was the hero of the entire series. And then comes the moment that I think put fans on suicide watch, which is that after the Daenerys' crew defeat the King's Landing soldiers and force a surrender, you assume it's all hunky-dory and they will march into the Queen's chambers and Daenerys will sit on the Iron Throne. Maybe Cersei has one last trick up her sleeve, but Daenerys has her dragon, and it'll be a relatively smooth transition. But instead, all whilst the likes of Tyrion and Jon look on with mouths agape, Daenerys goes fucking ballistic and starts flying through the entire city, torching the entire place and setting ablaze everyone. Men, women, children, people are screaming, mothers are being burnt in front of their kids, towers collapsing on helpless citizens, and the Unsullied restart their attack and begin wiping out the soldiers who previously surrendered. It's complete carnage, a massacre, which by the way, visually looks superb. 
the effects of the dragon decimating the city, the blood effects of the soldiers being ripped apart with swords and spears, was absolutely amazing. They must have thrown the entire budget at this part. But the onslaught is devastating, and many perish, including Cersei and Jaime. Jaime, who for some reason returned to her after running away the previous season to the other side. Again, a character decision that may have made sense if it had been in the works over a period of time, but it was so rushed you end up thinking, why did he leave in the first place? Anyway, Daenerys' destruction. Much was made of how she just suddenly went mad, acted out of character, out of nowhere. But in a season of characters acting strangely, I have to say this is the one time where it worked. If you are of the opinion that she would have taken the city from the tyrannical clutches of Cersei, sat on the throne and ruled with love and harmony for years to come, you haven't been paying attention. Hypocrisy and self-righteousness has always been rooted in this character from her early days of power. She's killed so many on her way here and more than enough times sent alarm bells that she's not Mother Theresa, more like the Wicked Witch of the West. I hated this character for how she failed to see her own faults and killed many, while she, her yes-men, and it seemed the show itself considered her a hero and a saviour. And the only way the show could have done this justice and make it make sense was to go down the Mad Queen route and have her eventually unravel and reveal her true nature. And that's exactly what happened. Of course it could have been handled better, it goes back to the same problem of the season being rushed. But to say it came out of nowhere is ignorant. She had always had these evil qualities to her, and she's tended to believe her own hype. And in recent times, her close advisor has been executed in front of her. Her lover turned out to be the rightful heir to the throne. She's seen that people here don't love her. You could feel this simmering building up of tension, frustration and anger, and it exploded in a fury of fire and blood. And the series is better for it. I'm actually trying to work out why people don't like this part. Yes, other characters had weird endings where they did not act as they usually do. But you could have, or should have, always seen Daenerys' massacre coming, or something like it. I think it might just be down to the climax not being how you imagined it. You as in the people who were really disappointed with this part. The final episode, the lowest rated in the series history, is one that I enjoyed quite a bit. It's serviceable in tying everything up, and it has a magnificent aura about it. There's a really hollow feeling, an atmosphere that perfectly captures the word aftermath. Everything feels dire and empty, pointless and bittersweet, as part of the recovery of the genocide that occurred in the previous episode. Fans might have wanted something more eventful to end it, but I enjoyed the melancholy tone and the feeling of, after all the chaos and battles and victories, after everything, there's a feeling of, what was the point? What did the Iron Throne really mean after all that? And the likes of Tyrion and Jon having to come to terms with what they helped facilitate to happen. Snow eventually awakens from his slumber and gives a quick, you are my queen, before he stabs Daenerys after she lets loose her ideas to liberate the rest of the world. Completely telegraphed, yes, but fitting nonetheless. The aftermath of this was quite strange. 
and threw me off a little, though I think it's growing on me, or at least parts of it. So he stabs her, and you assume he takes over. He becomes king, as is technically his right. His sisters rule the north. Tyrion hangs about, as do some of the remaining characters. But truth be told, that's the fairy tale ending, and what actually happens is he's taken prisoner by the Unsullied for killing their queen. And a bit bizarrely, seeing as though Jon is technically the rightful king, on the spot, Tyrion and the lads come up with a new rule in that they will elect a king, democracy style, as opposed to birthrights, and they choose Bran. A deal is struck in that the Unsullied agree to let go of Jon providing he's sent to the Night's Watch and they get some land. I don't know why exactly they would care about him going to the Night's Watch or even know what that is, but the result is, is that Jon winds up right back where he started at the Wall and he goes off to the unexplored lands north. Bran remains king with Tyrion as his hand, Sansa becomes queen in a now independent north, Arya decides to become Dora the Explorer and keeps travelling west, and there's a few loose ends that make this open and interesting, like one dragon still being out there somewhere. So overall, a very wonky season, boring in parts, incredible in others, like the Long Night and the King's Landing Massacre, but ended in a... As good of a way as possible as the shit writing of the writers could allow. Like I mentioned, it's not as horrendous as people have made it out to be, and I think in a few years people might look back on it a bit more favourably. It does have many issues, of course. But dare I say it, I like this more than the last season. And the series has stumbled and fell and rolled over and just about made it to the finish line. An untidy ending beneath what is expected, but with its moments.